if it came up in our discord or not but somehow music came up and the way that we listen to it or what we like to listen to so who added this and who wants to kick us off i think i did that when i was ranting about like headphones and when i was out different headphones and different home pods and different things like that and how songs that i have been listening to or have listened to for god with however many 30 years now how they just sound different now and how much of that is either 30 years of time going by of course has something to do with it where you are in your life has a lot to do with it but just the music quality and different sounds within music and how the songs are changing when i'm hearing them on things like a home pod or the airpods what are we calling these again airpods max it's just it was blowing my mind i was pulling up old songs just to kind of get an A-B test between AirPods Max, the AirPods Pro, the in-ear ones, the ones I've had forever, the Bose QC35s. I think I've had those for 10 plus years now. And then I got another set just to kind of ABCD test them. The ones that everybody says are just so great. The Sony wh dash one zero 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 x m4 just rolls off the tongue doesn't it wow i mean it's just like i could say it six more times if that would help everyone go to sleep halfway there yep (laughs) so i've tried all four of those and just the difference in some of these songs that are even super old from i mean super old you know from the 90s and 80s and so forth i was just blown away at how different things are sounding in these new speakers, especially with the HomePod. I had a HomePod, a HomePod big, I'll call it. And it was kind of like right next to me. And when the AirPods Max came out and they were talking about this, like, you know, I disclaimer, I know, you know, I'm no audio pro, whatever. I think audio is left up to whoever's listening to it. You either like it or you don't. There's no I'm going to give you a review and these are going to be perfect for you. It's just not the case. You can kind of do that with some technology. You know, you may be able to say like this laptop is great for you because of XYZ. Audio, I don't believe that. I think it's kind of bullshit that you can ever really review something and think that it's going to fit someone else. It's just not possible. Anyway, um, they're, but they were talking about this like, you know, 1% distortion at max volume or whatever. And when I'm hearing that all in my head, I, and maybe this is incorrect, but I'm assuming that means when I'm at max volume, only 1% of the audible range will or can distort. Okay, that sounds cool. Anyway, got a HomePod big going. It's cranked all the way up and I am just, I am blasting myself out of the room very irresponsibly. Do not do that. Please listen to everything at a reasonable volume. I, I was told that I could listen. To the radio at a reasonable volume i've never done it I've, I've been too scared to go above like 70 percent. i think it's amazing some of this like some of the things that were coming out of these songs were like where is is this like a new version of this song like what is that instrument that i've never heard before or mm. where is that coming from within this track it was amazing so that then when i got the headphones the the new airpods headphones i was like okay i'm gonna just like start picking tracks, listen one, two, three, four, all the way through and start figuring out 
are these, you know, are they worth it for me? Again, are they worth it for someone else that's listening? I don't know. Go try them. It's the best I can do for you. You, you'll know if they're for you or not. You know, if, if the price thing means they're not for you, then they're not for you. If, if the audio quality is not up to your, you know, audio file ears, then they're not for you. Long story short, for me, I just started really kind of thinking about music again, where I haven't really thought about it seriously. I don't know if I've ever been a serious diehard music person. I get the, I get the impression Martin's very much a diehard music person. I don't know, Andrew, if you are or not. I have not been able to gather that yet. But for me, I've had a very, I don't know, sordid history with music. I've been very into it during certain periods of my life. Certain artists have been like all consuming of my life to then just whatever's playing on my iTunes playlist in the background, whatever. I don't really care. I also say when I'm the kind of person that I can't really do work with music on, if there's words, I can't, it just doesn't work for me. I have to have like instrumental or just like, Agreed. you know, yeah. ambient kind of Same. songs. I don't really know where I want to go from there with this other than I feel inclined to just give you a quick overview of these headphones if you're interested. I'd love it. And if I can butt in, I would also love to know Andrew's opinion of the table that you constructed to compare all of these headphones, because I know that you do things like these documents too, Jason, but I feel like CFO Andrew Canyon, really, this is his forte. This is his wheelhouse. When you said table, I was thinking, did I miss a photo? Did, did, you, did Jason build a table? Oh, he might have. Did he do some woodworking? <laughs> I know you're, you're talking about it. <laughs> A digital spreadsheet table. Actually, both of those are both of those are true. You don't actually know which one you're going to get. This one actually was a spreadsheet. It was a numbers spreadsheet <laughs> uh, with the four sets of headphones I mentioned, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve points to 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 grade on, with a very sophisticated algorithm uh, rating scale, ranging from at the top you have excellent. Then you have good, then you have okay, then you have bad, and then you have horrible, okay? Cost, I'm not rating those because that's such a- Correct. Yep. It's different for everybody. You can't, I don't, I don't know. I. It seems like the biggest thing for these headphones currently has been like they cost so much and it's like, yeah, things cost stuff. I mean, I don't know what to tell you about that. I don't know how you can really rate something you can rate it against the end product, I think. If you can say, this thing I have feels crappy and shouldn't be this much, but to just straight up say like 550 is, you know, one star, it's like, okay. Look, I want to, can I just interrupt there? I need to, I want to just on the cost thing because I looked at them too and they were like, well, that's probably too rich for my budget, right? I don't want to spend that much on headphones because I don't use them enough to get the money's worth out of them. But you can't, knock apple for doing it because first of all supply and demand apparently they've sold all of them like the lead time on getting a new set of these is like months out now yeah. so you could take the argument they did, they were too cheap because obviously people are willing to pay that money so good on apple well done market spoke right could have put the price up secondly there's a concept and i'm going to get economic theory here there's a concept called a Veblen good show title and a Veblen good is something 
A Veblen good is something that actually is, it's enhanced by its price. So it doesn't, it's about, it's about the way it's portrayed. It's a, it's a showpiece item. So a Ferrari or a Lamborghini may cost a quarter of a million dollars. It may only actually be worth a hundred thousand dollars, let's say, but by putting the price up, you're actually increasing demand because it becomes a status symbol. That's a Veblen good. Um, I'm sure you can research that on Wikipedia and get a much more, a much better definition than I've just given you off the top of my head. But nevertheless, I see Apple as sometimes falling into this Veblen good category. And they, that's what they go for. And well done them. I agree. No one's going to buy the all new discount AirPods Max. Doesn't sound good. So try them against the, the Sony's, which were $280, AirPods Pro, which are $250, and then the Bose that I already had, which I don't remember how much they were when they were new 10 years ago, somewhere around there. Eh, yeah, anyway, um, I'll, I think I'll just hit kind of highlights here of things that I found to be important for me. Noise cancellation. I think a lot of people say they have noise cancellation and they really don't. The noise cancellation on these I rate as the absolute highest. Excellent. There is This is the best noise cancellation I have ever used full stop. Next in line would be the AirPods Pro. That's it. The Sony's, I found it to be, I gave it an okay, which is basically the middle. The analogy that I was telling my wife the other day is that the noise cancellation with the AirPods, when you turn it on, all the other sound goes away. The Sony's, it's more as though if you're talking to somebody, you just threw a blanket over their head. <laughs> And it's, you can still kind of hear it. It's just muffled. It's not canceled. It's muffled. It should be called noise muffling. And right on the box, it says like, you know, industry leading world clap. No, I don't think so. I found it to be passable at best. I think the next thing after that would be the transparency mode, which I know they all have their different words for that, but that's basically the mode where you can hit a button or do whatever you need to do to be able to hear the outside world through your headphones when they're on, right? Again, these mind blowing. You hit the button and it's as if you just took them off. Everything sounds as if there is nothing on your head any longer. It's like there's just two giant holes cut in the side of the headphones to just let everything through. The Sony's, I gave a bad. I thought they were atrocious. Again, it just kind of sounded like you were sort of letting some sound through and the only way to activate it on the Sony's is to literally hold your hand on the ear cup the whole time you want the transparency mode, I think, unless I missed something. But as soon as you take your hand back off, then it's back to being noise canceling, which to me, like the hand over your ear is like the opposite of go ahead and talk to me. I can hear you, right? You're being serious? I'm dead serious. That's That's the feature activation. So when you go through like past customs through duty fringe there's really cheesy kind of marketing shots of people like enjoying their music with their hand up to the ear. that's what you actually have to do you have to do that you have to hold your hand on the ear cup to make it go into like trend i don't remember what they call it but it's the basically transparency mode is that so you look like a really cool dj you know how they sort of hold their hand up and sort of mix that's what it is <laughs> i I mean, I, it kind of brings, so that'll go to the next point then of how do you control the headphones? The Sony's is all touch interface in the stupid ear cup. 
So you have no physical means, like you're swiping up to do volume and like swiping forward and back to skip. It's awful. I don't know why anyone would want that. The, the AirPods have two buttons on the top, one button to switch between transparency and uh, noise canceling, or you can set it to be whatever too. And then the little crown button for pause play and volume. Buttons are great. Of all the people that get rid of buttons, I thought Apple would have gotten rid of buttons, but I am so glad they didn't because the touch controls on the Sonys are absolute garbage. Build quality for $280 on the Sonys, they felt like they were about $50. Kind of just not great. I've been thinking about getting a pair of these Sonys and you're really talking me out of it. Again, I would say get a pair of them, try them out, and then return them immediately like I did because they are just, uh, they're not good. I really think they're not good. But cutting to the chase, Jason, you would tell Andrew to enter a new line in his asset depreciation spreadsheet for 899 Australian dollars. Is that right? Are they 899? No. In Australia, yes. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jason's just fallen off his chair. <laughs> That's why we're a little oh. bit apprehensive over here. Okay, here's what I would tell you then. You know what I would say is I would say I would still don't get the Sony's and get AirPods Pro. That's what I would do. I just, I really don't see why everybody's so gung-ho about these Sonys. I don't think they sound that great. Again, all personal opinion. I think the usability of them sucks. Uh, The build quality is kind of like, eh, whatever. At, At 200, the same argument that people have for why are AirPods Max 550, I would say, why are these Sonys 280 when they should be like 150 at the most i'd like to talk about airpods pro as well for a minute if we if we have time yeah absolutely I'll hit, I'll hit two more things real quick uh connected devices so how many things you can connect to that to the headphones yep there's just if you're in the apple world there's nothing better than an airpod because of the way it can just connect to everything and switch and do all that I know some people have like hit or miss with that sometimes, but compared to the alternative of the other ones where you have to pair to specific Bluetooth devices and it can only pair to two, if you want a third one, you have to like unpair and pair to this one. And no, that sucks. I don't like that at all. Charging port, it's lightning. I don't know. It's fine. I'd rather have USB-C, but you know, all the AirPods are lightning. So fine. The one thing about the Sony's is it is USB-C. So that was great. Battery life, fantastic. Uh, materials, again, the AirPods materials are great. I, I, I haven't found anything about them that's like, why did they do that? That seems weird. Other than that, the ear cup can unmagnet and magnet back on upside down. That is weird to me. As like a product person, I would have that would have been like the first thing I did and been like, guys, you need to somehow change the magnet so they can only go on the correct way. It doesn't really affect it, I don't think, but maybe it does. And then for podcasting, like right now, they seem to work fine. Uh, Controls, again, excellent on these. Sony's are horrendous with that stupid touch thing on the side. And you had something to say about AirPods Pro, which you have, and I remember you bought them, and you were not super jazzed about them. Where are we at like three or four weeks later? Yeah. Yes, the time's gone by. Hi, let me preface by saying the AirPods original... The first ones that came out, I bought a pair of those and I loved them. And I, I still I still have them. The battery is trashed on them. You know, you get sort of half an hour if that. But I st- they still are great. You put them in my ear and I forget they're there. They just, they just work. The AirPods Pro, I was expecting to be the same thing, but just 
better, right? Noise cancelling, all the, the cool stuff that they come with. I put them in and they just don't fit my ears. Like, I don't understand it. They totally, like, because they go in and sort of, they almost have to sort of point, the, the, the stalks sort of have a different angle on them, a different shape, so they fit in my ear differently. And it must be me. It must, I, I, I have wonky ears because on one ear, it will always wiggle out. And after wearing them for a few minutes, I have to, like, shove it back in again. And particularly if I'm talking. So if I'm using, I couldn't use them for a podcast because I'm talking. If I try and use them for a phone call, same problem. Like as my jaw moves in the talking, one of them on one side just wiggles its way out and practically falls out every time. So every few minutes I'm giving it another shove back in my ear. And I never had that problem with the original AirPods. You've tried all three of the tip sizes, I'm guessing? Yeah, I've done all the tip things and tried different ones and it, I, I've gotten the best of the bunch. I think I'm onto the small ones now. I don't know. I can't remember. but And... It's just annoying. And so and it kind of undoes the noise cancellation as well because they kind of need to be shoved in a fair way for that to really take effect. So I'm constantly losing the noise cancellation because of my wonky ear and having to shove it back in. So I have found that I like them more when they're in transparency mode because they kind of then you don't notice that it's not got that tight seal. But yeah, on the whole, I'm kind of disappointed with them. And like, obviously it's me, right? they're just not manufactured well for my ear shape because millions of other people love them. So I'm not blaming Apple, but it's just like, ah, oh, man, it's a bit of a bummer because the first ones I loved so much. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to hear that for you, Andrew, although I have my own AirPods Pro thoughts to give where I do blame Apple, whereas you don't. So I absolutely love mine. I use them every day, particularly for podcasts. I, I switch between the transparency and the noise cancellation modes all the time, and I use the small tips. So prefacing this, I love them. However, I have recently had my third replacement for them due to that rattling issue. Now, I don't know how many people have been following this, but if you haven't, the idea is that when you put it in and you're using either the transparency or the noise cancellation modes, right? So there's some audio augmentation happening. You have this rattling noise like there is a ball bearing in your ear. If you toggle it to off and nothing's happening, that's exactly it. Nothing happens. You don't have any rattling noise happening. So I have now had the third service where they have swapped at least one of the AirPods Pro units. And from what I remember being reported, it was a firmware update and the problem was resolved. However, in my experience, it actually appears to be a fault with at least some number of the AirPods Pro earphones. So I, I don't think this is actually something that Apple has been able to fix and it might be something in a future revision. Have you had, have either of you had any of these issues before? Cause as I said, I've, I've had three services now. I've been monitoring that cause I've, I read about it and I was like, I wonder if I have that. And I don't think I do, but I, and I keep, you'll know when you do. That's, that's the thing. I was like, do I have it? Do I, should I just take it in just in case? But clearly you're telling me that if I, if, if I get it, I'll know. Yeah. The way that you tell that it is actually an issue with the way that it's working and not something just moving in out of your ear, like the jaw thing you said, is if you toggle it to off and nothing rattling is happening in the audio or whatever, you know that it's the, the noise cancellation or transparency mode. So okay. I wouldn't discourage anyone from buying them. It's funny, actually, that I seem to have had more faults than you, Andrew, but I absolutely love them. So I'm, I'm willing to look past it and thank Apple for its very generous <laughs> repair or extension program. Uh, because they are a great device. I had the rattle thing once with my first pair 
um, and they replaced it and I didn't have the rattle thing yeah. after that. I have had several of the ear tip thingies uh, break and they've replaced them both. Mm. Once they sent me a whole friggin' ear pod, ear pod, did I say ear pod? Air pod to replace just the little like, you know, 0.001 cent rubber tip. Mm. They sent me a whole air pod and they didn't want the other one back. And I was like, okay, so I literally have like three Lucky AirPods you. now, which is weird. But no, I, I had the rattle thing once that got fixed. Uh, two of the little rubbery things have broken off. The ear thing, it doesn't happen when I'm talking so much, but if I try to eat, I think just maybe like wider mouth for me is oh, like yeah. maybe the tipping point's different. But if I try to eat with them in, oftentimes I'll end up with an issue with I'll have an AirPod in my food for sure. Like that's happened so many times now that I don't even care to count. <laughs> so that's definitely an issue, I, I would say. And I don't remember if that ever happened with the first ones or not. I think the way that the first ones canically interacted with your ears and the fact that the little sticks were much longer, I think that kind of seated them more securely than the new ones, maybe being small, like shorter. I don't know. I'm not sure on that, but I don't remember the other ones falling out and let the only issue with the first ones I ever had is, is if the little long stick thing got somehow like caught on a jacket or something, then it would pop pop out and fly you know a mile down the street and you have to go find it but the i don't think the ear thing is necessarily you i think it's one of those where you're designing a thing to fit a human body part that is literally infinitely different and i mean I, i'm not trying to like you know apple didn't do anything wrong it's just i think it's just part of making stuff that interacts with people so talking, I think, shifting to the other part of what Jason started talking about, you know, people have different ears, both physically, but also have a different ear for things. Jason, you're a serious headphone person, as we can see. Andrew, you're considering it. Music listening habits and the kind of music you listen to. What, how do you two prefer to listen to music? And what are the songs that you would put on straight away, like the classics or the things that you gravitate towards? Andrew, do you want to start this time or... You start, Martin. You're constantly you, you. You tell us. You set the table. I don't mind headphones. Like I said, I use the AirPods Pro every day, but that's mostly for podcasts. Some music. To me, if I'm listening to music, I really much prefer the feeling of having it in an open room with speakers. Right. So currently, as I've said before, that's the Home Pods as a stereo pair in the lounge room with the Apple TV as well, and I've got the iPod Hi-Fi in the bedroom for occasional use or like AirPlay 2 around the house if we're doing housework or something. But for me, that open air stereo speaker style setup is far preferable, and that just comes from childhood habits. You know, growing up with my family, we always had music playing through two stereo speakers. Whole amplifier thing, we had this uh, fantastic for the time six stacker CD player and we were just constantly doing things in random not shuffle this is pre-shuffle we're talking random so I was growing up with things like uh, you know Van Halen, Def Leppard, No Doubt, uh, <laughs> lots of different things uh, you know you've got Cat Stevens all of these different things I, I remember there was a lot of uh, there was some ABBA thrown in there as well so I grew up with a lot of different stuff but in terms of coming to my, into my own with my own musical taste, uh, as any classic Apple fan should do, you know, there's a bit of Coldplay in there. You have to like some non-offensive British rock, but uh, a lot of other Australian bands and things too. So when I think about the way that I like to consume music, 
it's it's a very eclectic collection and i really went all in i think jason made a joke about me and maybe even you andrew on a previous episode about id3 tags and metadata i was so re- oh, just super into the whole managing your metadata in an itunes library when that came along and in more recent years even though i'm a big apple music fan in terms of its convenience and integration in the system i kind of feel this sense of dread or longing for what was before I recently did a big clean out of my own music library on my iPhone and and Mac and everything because I found that over the years since adopting Apple Music, crap has been infesting my library because of the convenience of being able to add songs to it. And one day recently... Are you talking about that U2 album? Oh, that I purged. But it's funny you bring that up because I found the the PDF (laughs) was still in the iTunes library. You know that little booklet, the digital booklet? (laughs) I thought it was totally gone, but the digital booklet was still there. But yeah. It'll come back. It doesn't matter. You can delete that all you like. It's coming back. It should have been called Songs of Persistence. <laughs> That's it. Uh, but yeah, um, I, I, like I'm all in on music streaming. I think it's great. I think it's better if you download it. Um, also kind of from an environmental perspective, because music streaming and video streaming are taking up more energy every year. So if you can download rather than stream, it is better for your own energy consumption in the environment. It's like tangent there but i feel like if we can be deliberate in our music listening and have a collection of songs that we really love uh, i've tried to itunesify my apple music experience and only add the things that are really important to me to keep things focused and then use apple music like the other panes and other views as more of an exploration device if that makes sense I wish i wish music was more like photos where you know in photos where you can say either download all originals or optimize or whatever the hell it's called. I wish music did that because I would love to just have, cause right now I have my, my photos library on an external, you know, gigantosaur drive. So everything can just be local. I would love to do that for the music too. And just say, download everything. And I, I get that. I'm not, I should clarify. I'm not trying to say download all of Apple music. I don't want that. It's like, I just want, you know, back when we did iTunes match and, and all that stuff, which honestly, I I kind of feel like I would love to somehow just download everything that exists, blow it all away and almost start over because I don't honestly know what my library even is anymore in terms of what was iTunes match? What is stuff that I had ripped and put in there versus what is streaming versus who who knows what else is out there or the other problem of maybe the version i ripped in you know 1992 at 96k because i had you know a two megabyte hard drive or whatever now it's like well the streaming one's 256 what the hell one is even playing i don't know is it the one that i have is it the one you have i have no idea there's no little indicator for that and that was a selling feature. I don't know if you two remember from the Apple Music keynote, yeah, uh, which was very awkward. They said, oh, the streaming music lives alongside your iTunes music. And I felt a slight sense of uneasiness when I heard that because I went, that does sound very convenient. It removed that issue of, oh, I want to listen to my iTunes library, but I'm also a Spotify subscriber. So you have these two separate worlds. But I instantly felt this sense of uneasiness about is that going to be messy? And it seems like you're saying that it has become that. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I'm almost um, not afraid. Like afraid is the wrong word, but I maybe intimidated to even try to go in and and parse. Like I really want a playlist of 
you know, music I used to listen to in this year or that year or whatever, but it's almost like there's so much crap in there now. I almost don't want to even go and look at it because it's just kind of overwhelming now. And I don't know how to edit any of the songs. Mm. And then they did that when you did the music uh, iTunes match thing. And it was like, Hey, if you happen to have some really low quality crap versions, AKA you stole them on Napster, go ahead and upload them. And we'll give you like the good versions is like kind of a, we're going to wipe the slate clean. We're going to forget about all your piracy and you're going to be a good, good consumer from now on. Right. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, of course I am. Yep. You got it. Yeah. So I just, I don't know what's what anymore. And I find it hard to, to find things in here. And I, and I keep reverting back to the tab that's called recently added, which sucks. Cause it only goes back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how far, but it's not very far. So eventually things roll off of that and now yeah. who knows where they are. I don't know how to find them again, especially with new music where if I do actually discover something on on iTunes or on uh, Apple Music, which is honestly not that often, but I'll find something I like and I'm like, oh, cool, add. And then it'll be going to recently added. But after, you know, 15 or so of those, they roll off and it's like, well, that'll never be seen again. Well, in terms of navigating music, I really enjoy the song list showing artwork on the side, like organising by album with the column browser up the top. And I personally found it very easy, well, not very easy, but much easier on the Mac to purge things and sort through like what you're saying by adding, you know, you've got the show view options. You can add a column that says the iCloud status or how it fits within Apple Music. So you see things like matched or uploaded or removed or ineligible. So that did make it much easier. And I, I, yeah. I removed something like 1,500 songs. That's, maybe that's extreme. But yeah, what about you, Andrew? Yeah, well, in terms of music, I, like Jason was saying, he doesn't quite know what type of person I am. I'm not a huge music guy, to be honest. Um, I'll listen to it. I like you, like you were saying, Martin, I prefer to have it on in mm. a room around me so I can wander around but not be dedicated to listening. It's more creating an atmosphere probably if you if you had to push me in terms of what is my favorite band and i don't really have a favorite band but it would probably be something like radiohead or something from the sort of that 90s era slightly alternative but still a little bit mainstream good choice um that's probably where i would sit in the the mix of like what do you like but I, i really like like country music as well um i think that's quite fun to listen to i've I've really been smashing Taylor Swift's like new albums. Uh, that's so that's you know I don't care anymore, right? I've got no street credibility <laughs> to to gain or lose. I don't know if that's cool or not. Um, it's just what I enjoy listening to. What I do know about my musical interest, and it's good that like I mentioned Taylor Swift. Generally, I gravitate to male singers. If I look through my, my list of songs that I like, it's usually a male vocalist. I have no idea why. It's just a thing. Um, I don't do it by choice. It just happens. So clearly, I like male singers more than female generally. The Apple TV Plus series Becoming You. I don't know if you've heard of that. It's about the first five years of life for all kids on the planet. It's great. No. Natasha and I are watching it's really good there's actually part of I think maybe the first or second episode where they talk about how very very quickly upon entering preschool and primary school both sexes immediately start to gravitate towards their own even without intervention so I wouldn't be surprised if because when I think about formative years I wasn't being blasted with male only music but you just start to seek out things that sound familiar or are on your side of things so 
I wouldn't even necessarily yeah. say that's your fault or that you're being sexist. That's just something that happens. No, it's just, it's just an interesting yeah. observation. Um, so yeah, I'm not a huge musicologist by any means. Um, so I like I like all sorts of stuff. The stuff I really don't like is is like heavy metal, really hardcore. Um, if there's lots of guitar riffs, I'm not into that. That's not my my scene at all, unless it's part of a WWE wrestling intro, <laughs> in which case I'm totally okay with it. I hear a bit of Stone Cold Steve Austin glass shattering. I'm all over that. But that's the only context I want heavy metal kind of sounds. Just on Apple Music, though, yeah, same thing. So I'm, I'm all in with the Apple Music, but I don't love the interface. And I've just gone to an area in my, my library view. I don't think I've ever even looked at this. And I've clicked on songs. And then sorted by play. Mm. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that's gunk that's like putting the kids to sleep, you know, lullaby music, which is dominating my playlist now. But then I've got a bunch of other songs and they've got little exclamation marks next to them. I was like, what what is that? And it's all stuff that I had pre-Apple music, right? And if I double-click the little exclamation mark, it says the song but cannot be found because the original file could not be found. Would you like to locate it? Well, no, because I don't know where it is, isn't it? Oh, now it's playing in my ears. So it found it. But I said cancel. That's exactly the experience I had. Things that said that they were removed or missing are actually in there. So this is a layer of complexity uh, that has been added by the streaming service. Things that you've always had. They're still there. Yeah, but, but it thinks it's not. So I don't know where any of my stuff is. I've got a huge, like, I've got a big storage drive that's actually turned off to turn the fans off for this podcast. But it's got, a like, my entire music collection from circa Napster to, like, 2011 or wherever I stopped doing that. And that's like a, a, a time capsule of music that I had. And that was when I used to do, like, smart playlists with iTunes and all that and the ID3 matching so you could pick out, like, give me a rotation of songs from 1998 that I really like, you know, my best one that haven't been played in three months and all that kind of cool smart list playlist stuff. And all that's just gone by the wayside now. But I keep that as, like, a little archive of music that I know I actually have, even though I don't really use it. It's just kind of, like, there as an, you know, emergency in case of emergency turn on the hard drive and you've still got something well the point about data loss i think is very very important and this is something that again would never have happened in the itunes era unless you stupidly deleted something um you buy a song on itunes in the past you own it it's on your device right it's synchronized or backed up on something in the apple music and spotify era someone decides to remove it from the archive it's gone so a good example of that, I don't know if both of you are familiar with the Cat Empire, the Australian sort of ska funk band. Well, the lead singer Felix Rebel has this fantastic spin-off song in his own little solo career called Marina. We love it. Fortunately, I bought it because now if you search for it, it's purged. It doesn't exist. So sometimes these music management decisions or licensing things are performed and then you lose it. So... You know, it's good that you still have your files, but in an era of streaming where you're actually just paying for access to someone else's storage, imagine having albums worth or even just a couple of songs here and there that you love and listen to every day. And then for some business or creative decision, they're removed and you can't get them anymore. So I feel like mm. this is a major disadvantage of the current very convenient setup that we all have. 
It's like the video stuff where like every month there's an article that says, you know, oh, here's what's leaving Hulu this month. And it's like, okay, great. And that's why we have to have every damn service because you never know which one it's going to be on. That's right. It's really hard to fall in love with music now in the same way that you'd listen to an album over and over again and get to know the whole album. Now I'm sounding like an old man now, but even a, a favorite track you might find in this Apple music sort of world, like Jason was saying, you add it to your music, but then it bubbles down and suddenly it's gone. You're like, how do I find that song that I liked again? Um, you can't ask Siri. Hey, Siri, play the, you know, it's like, just maybe you can ask. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Siri <laughs> yourself. We finally got that to happen on the, on, on the, on the episode. Uh, you know what? That's the song he was looking for. It knew. What? Oh wow! Do you know Siri is just playing is playing "The Dollar" by Jay Diller and Rough Draft. That's apparently what I was. Is that for. even something in your Maybe library? Siri does know. Copyright strike. No, of course. No, I don't even know who that is. It's explicit as well. Oh wow! Amazing. So yeah, I, I can't <laughs> find music anymore. I think so much of music has to do with t- the time in your life too. That I mean, it's it's like asking. What's your favorite band? It's it's what's your favorite color? What's your favorite anything? I don't know. Ask me, you know, a hundred times a day. You're probably going to get at least 37 different answers. I, I don't know. So I, th- I think so much of it has to do with, with the time in your life and what was happening and what you basically tie that little red, red crazy string from that part of your life to that song, album, whatever. And like there's songs that I listen to today they're, you know, arguably, maybe I don't really think they're that great now, but it's about, it. it's almost like a time machine. It takes you right back to where you like were in your headspace back then for that. Likewise, there's music that I was life, you know, obsessed with from years past that I, I absolutely cannot listen to now. I don't know what the word like triggering or whatever the proper terminology is for it, but it's like, those were not good times, but that music was fitting for that time, but not now. So there's like, there's stuff I have in my library that I'll go by and it'll be like, don't listen to that. That's not going to put you in a good space right now. So it's very interesting how, what an effect that has. Yeah. Music's one of those things where I'll sometimes hear a song and I'll be like, oh, I know, I I know that the last time I heard this or the time I remember is when I was driving on that road and I was just turning right at that intersection and you can just remember everything about what you were doing at the time that you heard a particular song. It just, it can take you to a time and a place like no other media can. But yeah, it can also be if it's, if it's a bad association, like, oh, that's, that's a terrible girlfriend I had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you do associate certain music with certain people. Like I can tell you the backing track to pretty much every family road trip that we had, because we used to go for like family snow trips and stuff. It was just electric light orchestra for ages. I love that stuff. So yes, I I didn't live in the seventies, but I'm there for a good chunk of the time. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. I, I think um, I think you're right. Music's a time machine. Funnily enough, we even had I even did an episode of that with a friend on the rumination thing. But that's a separate story. Uh, it, it, it transports you to different places. It connects you to different people. But I don't want to sound like an old man either. But I think today, for all of the convenience that we have, we have surrendered a bit of control. So I think we are in a better place in terms of variety and, and cost efficiency, but I do think we've kind of lost something. And actually, this is something that I heard, and I don't know if either of you are familiar with it, but have you heard that 
TikTok apparently is having such uh, an effect on how music is made that they're actually starting to reduce or even cut out instrumental intros in songs in popular music because lyrically, you know, you need to have words coming up to match whatever dances or advertisements are happening. So you're actually seeing songs that just start almost with choruses. Wow. Yeah, I saw that on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation free-to-air television, so you know that I'm a young man. Yes. <laughs> okay, pop quiz. What is your, what's the first uh, artist in your our all artists list? The first one in my library is AHA's Take On Me. Ah. Oh, classic. Great song. Mine is, if you talk about taking it back to a time and a place, mine's a guy called Aaron Myers. And he's a, he's a guy we saw in when we were again, when we were holidaying in Washington DC. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And, this is like a recurring thing now. Every single story is like, well, let me take you back to the time I was. Uh, yeah, and we went into like a little lounge bar kind of place, and then we we had some drinks, and then we went downstairs, and this indie guy, Aaron Myers, was singing. He was sort of like a jazz guy. And it was just a small bar. And we felt quintessentially like we we were living the ultimate, like, classy American TV show lifestyle because we were, like, going to the bar. We were drinking a few martinis. We'd gone downstairs, having a cocktail, listening to the jazz guy play to a small crowd with the tinkle of glasses and the, the, the murmuring of the crowd. And he was all very smooth. And we we were totally smashed by the end of the night. But we bought his album. And that's how it ended up in on CD. We got photos with him. We were like, we're from Australia. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, so Aaron Myers, Leo Rising. Great memories. That's great. My, I don't think I have a travel story. Uh, the first thing in my list is Moon Safari by Air. No one's ever heard of it. Someone's heard of it. Oh, air! Yes, they had that. They had that big hit, um, sort of almost Top Gun era, wasn't it? It was a big song. Did they just name themselves that way so they would become alphabetically first uh, before air supply? Is that the idea? They were looking to the future. They said someday there's going to be an electronic means, and people are going to need to sort. And on podcasts, they're going to ask, "What is the first thing in your playlist?" And we need to be number one. So we're going with air. And that, I bet you they foresaw like a, a gigantic vinyl record Rolodex. <laughs> we'll call it cover play. <laughs> Is there any way to know how many songs you have? Uh, that's if you go to the song list on the bottom status bar, it should show you the stats unless it's hidden. Oh, what do you got? This is this is no way correct. 2,472. How many, how many days is that? Uh, 6.7. Okay. I have... 4,137 items at 12.4 days. Wow, I need to get rid of some crap. 8,744 songs, 27 days. Wow. Wow. I always thought it was funny that they put the time in there. Like, if you're ever in a situation where you need to have something playing for a month straight, (laughs) you're covered. It's like, oh, thank goodness. If it were 26 days, I'd be really screwed. That's not even a a full time on Survivor. All right. That's nothing. Here's a question. What is your guilty pleasure song in your library? And it doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be horrible, but it's just something that if people heard it, they went, wow, this is uh, not necessarily what I expected from you. Oh, wow. Oh, jeez. Uh, wait, do you say song or artist? 
Oh, either, either way. I mean, it could be a song, could be an album. It might not even be necessarily embarrassing, but people go, oh, that's okay. That's a bit odd. God, I'm not finding anything that's like, that I would be embarrassed about really. But while you're looking, I'll give you two examples. Uh, oh, he's already got them. He's like, they're also my most played songs. Uh, fairly often, actually, you're right. Um, <laughs> one of them is a fairly regular song. Like the, I mean, but I really love it. I, I feel like, when is it from? It's from 1998, so it's not anywhere near new. But it's the song, If You Could Read My Mind, by Amber, Ultranate, and Jocelyn Enriquez. Have you ever heard that? Never. No. It's like this. All that I can explain is it's like, uh, it's like 1990s pop meets collaborative remixed disco. I don't know. It's like like a pop disco tune from the 1990s with these three great female vocalists. And I love the song. And I just put it on. And I think at one stage, Natasha said, this has come on a few too many times in the car. And I went, okay, this has reached guilty pleasure status. <laughs> I wish we could play music on the show without being arrested. But my <laughs> ult, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've, I mean, I suppose we could link that. That's okay. But the ultimate guilty pleasure song, I have to say, is Falco's Rock Me Amadeus. I think that's fair. I, I love that song. Oh, we're that. talking from from the movie Amadeus. We've got uh, the late Falco singing this bizarre, like new wave German pop synth song about Amadeus Mozart, which is in oh, half okay. English, half German. It's it's very odd, but uh, that's that's the ultimate guilty pleasure tune for me. All right, my mine is probably um, a country country artist called Billy Currington, and the song is "Must Be Doing Something Right." I think, or or maybe Good Directions. Either of those is pretty good. Maybe Good Directions. Good Directions, more, a bit more uplifting. It's about him seeing a, a pretty girl on the side of the road and then she drives off, but ultimately she gets turned around and she comes back to medium and they assumedly get together. It's a great song. Good Directions. Is there a banjo? Uh, it could be. I don't know. Could don't be. Know. But, um, yeah, it. it's... um. That's probably a guilty pleasure. I've I've gone into my Plex library, and this is way more representative of like <laughs> me. So you have music in in Plex. You use you use it for music too. Uh, I have it all indexed. I never actually really play from it, but it's all there and it's all indexed. Everything that I had on my on my NAS, and it's yeah, it's very different sort of collection than what showed up in Apple Music. That's for sure. I'm trying really hard to find something that's like embarrassing and i'm not finding what like i know there's i know there's horrible garbage in here you know what it is it's just you experience no guilt no no i'm sure they're like that's the funniest part is i could probably just hit put it on random and hit play and be like oh no that one's terrible don't listen to that (laughs) but like all these seem fine all right i'm gonna ask a very direct question jason is the song macarena in your library (laughs) no it's not (laughs) okay steps five six seven eight i have i have um a a group the song is good so it's not really i'm not embarrassed about it but i think people would look at it weird it's called lothar and the hand people (laughs) wow wow that's a it's a weird one like it would make you go like are you like fine or do you need help like is this is this a signal for help i'm not sure so that could be one I think that the name is enough. I, th- I think you fulfilled the brief there. <laughs> it's maybe the weirdest name. Yeah. <laughs>
looking at the time, I, I think we should very quickly touch on the other things there. We've already done headphones, uh, Andrew. Did that fulfill what you wanted? Uh, yes, I've complained about AirPods Pro, so I'm happy. And, and, and I've been talked off the ledge from buying those Sonys. So now I don't know. I've got an old Bose. What am I using? The old Bose QC15 or something? Yeah, they're ancient. Um, I need an upgrade, but I'm stymied as to what I need to upgrade to. I will say, okay, for the Sonys, I would say try them. I mean, you can always, I'm sure you have stores that are open in your COVID-free country that you can return them to, but... I don't know. I'm just shocked at what rave reviews they get seemingly across the spectrum of all that is the internet. And I just, I don't understand. Yeah. Maybe I'll just keep on working with these bows. They work. Yeah. My QC35s, I mean, they're 10 plus years old and I replaced the ear cups once because they were kind of getting like that, how that weird, like fake leathery stuff gets kind of bit flaky. Yeah, the flaky, like, weird, and then you're like, why is there weird flakes all over me? Yeah, other than that, they've been fine. I've done that three times, yeah. I had that in the office, and I had fragments in my ear. Like, it looked like it was bad. I I get to, the like, the the toilet, look in the mirror, and go, oh, God, it looks like I've been seasoning my ears with something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, you have, like, weird little, like, pieces of nori, like, coming out of your hair or something. (laughs) Black black dandruff. That's not how you eat food. Come on. (laughs) 